Thank you, Andy. Let's start at the very beginning, a very good place to start. When you read, you begin with? When you sing, you begin with? Very good. I, didn't, I really didn't think they'd get that the first time. That's very, very good. Next week, we're going to do something for Verdi, so you can uh, look forward to that. These words from The Sound of Music are, of course, good advice. Almost any time a good place to start is at the beginning. And when it comes to the new year, I'm afraid that's where you have to start. It's going to happen this week. And we're going to be there, and thus the thoughts for today center around, okay, we've got to start at the beginning. How and where do we start? And that's always a difficult question because there are so many beginnings. There are so many things we want to continue on with. There are so many things we want to change. There are so many new things we want to do. There's so much unknown that we don't know about that we aren't sure exactly how we will do it. And it makes the time rather uncomfortable, rather a time of dis-ease than a time of peace. Now, some things are easy. We're going to continue probably eating. Maybe a little less, all right, but we're going to continue eating, sleeping, uh, going to your job or the community center or wherever. Uh, I don't know. I suppose you'll continue to go to church. I would hope that would happen. So those things are easy, but then we come to all the things we can think about that we want to start, because that seems to be what the new year is about. All right, yeah, we've got all the usual things. Now we've got to find something that will make 2019 extra special. And so we begin our planning. Well, there's the diet that we're going to start. Yeah, that's, that's almost always top of everybody's list. Uh, we are going to go to exercise classes. We're going to read more. We're going to renew old friendships. We're going to try to get along with Joyce in the office, no matter what a pain she is. You know, that, that's, that can be done. We're going to have our reports in on time. We're going to repaint the house. I'll begin, you know, upstairs in the bedroom in January, and by December we'll be down the basement and everything will be fresh and new. These are the kind of plans that we have. However, most of us have lived long enough to know that in 2019 all these things will not be carried out and there will be other things that we do not imagine we'll be doing which we'll end up doing instead. It's interesting, by the way, that uh, yoga studios, exercise studios in general, make about 70% of their yearly profit in December and January. 70% of the money goes in. I won't ask who bought a year's membership the last few weeks, but this is what happens. You know, all right, January 1st, I'm, well, maybe this, well, maybe the week after. See, I'm going to start the exercising. And then, of course, we realize that uh, 44% of those people in six months have disappeared into the amply proportioned apathy of the universe. It just disappears. You know, it, it's gone. So to start the new year effectively, we don't just need to make plans to set objectives and goals. That, that's a good thing to do, but there's something more. We need somehow to get a new energy, a new vitality, a new sense of things we can do and should do and must do because it's in us to do them.
So I thought Colossians speaks to this very well. Actually, the symbolism is wonderful. It's something we've probably all taken part in. You know, it talks about clothing ourselves in something new. And often that happens. How many here got a new suit or dress or something when they were married or graduated, something like that? Yeah, you know, you go out and you feel, you know, I'm, I'm starting something, I feel really good. And so this is what it says, beginning of the new year, we're going to clothe ourselves in wonderful new good things. And what kind of things do Christians clothe themselves in? Uh, compassion, kindness, humility, meekness, patience. We bear with one another. We're, we're going to go out and hang on through the tough times with those around us. And above all, we're going to seek that peace of Christ that will give us a depth and a understanding that will help us to face life. Now, these are all splendid concepts. But as Andy read them earlier, I didn't see anyone in the congregation going, oh, we should be peaceful. I, I never thought about that. There's a new idea. You know, we should be patient. Wow, I'm glad I came to church today. I'll have to write that one down for the future. But do note that in verse 17, there's a very subtle shift in the thinking and it moves from the things we should do the kind of people we should be the kind of goals we should set and suddenly talks about how we should be people how we should set goals how we should carry out our lives and you know in life that's really the big thing far too often we make the standard of our lives things we accomplish yesterday I did A and B and C. Aren't I great? I got them done. But the big question is, but how did you do them? Did you do them with a grumpy face? Yeah, I got to do this again. I guess I'll go, I'll take her over to the store if she wants to go. And, you know, and I do that. And I, yeah, I did all those things today. Isn't that wonderful? And then we wonder, you know, why, why life doesn't seem alive? Well, because we, we get through it. We do things. And so Colossians says, no, it's not about what you do. Do as much as the, how you do it, and whatever you do, whatever one of these things you're working on, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus. Give thanks. That's it. Thanksgiving. That, that's where it all begins, because when we're thankful, we're suddenly open to the wonders of the universe around us. That's the basic energy that can and should drive us. And are we thankful? Most of the time, I think especially in our society, unfortunately, we're not. Because we don't usually put gratitude as the center of our lives. We put worry and concern. Isn't that it? That's the background noise that we live with all the time. Turned on the news this morning, there's worry, worry about the election in the Congo, worry about this, fret about that, this might happen, this has happened. And we carry that with us, this, this fear, this understanding that the world is a very dangerous place and we've got to be in our guard all the time and that's what, what fills our days. That's what almost gives us the shape of our lives. Colossians points towards something else. It said, be thankful. Give thanks. Give praise uh, all the time. And that's where you begin. And when you do that, you're no longer worrying about things because 
you can see the good things that are happening around you. And it is a discipline. This is not just something you can sort of wander into every once in a while. It's something you should set aside time purposely for. I meditate every day, not for long, but just get aside, push everything out there, and just open myself to gratitude. And you can do it through your life every day as well. You know, when you're stopped at a stoplight, instead of worrying about, oh, now I'm going to go to the meeting, and he's going to say this, and she's going to say that, and it's going to be terrible, you think, you know, yesterday, wasn't that a wonderful time I spent with Betty and Elizabeth at coffee? I'm so Grateful to have friends like that. When you see that ad that's on 27 times during every hockey game. When I run the world, you can trust me, you'll be allowed one showing of an ad during a hockey game. I don't want 27 times. Yes. But, but when that ad comes on, instead of watching it again and just being angry, you know, I have this ad on again. Just think about something that's happened unexpectedly, perhaps that changed you, that helped you. Isn't that great? I got the phone call yesterday from Bill. That relieves such a lot of stress off my life. Now I know he's taking care of that. That's what the, the discipline of gratitude is like, taking time in our lives regularly just to open ourselves and be thankful. Now, one of the reasons we don't do this is we have gratitude fatigue, which very simply means that we have too much. We get tired of giving thanks because... Most of the things we're giving thanks for, we've already got one of those anyway. Another low point of my Christmas, other than New Year's dinner, was Boxing Day when we had to call all the aunts and uncles, many of whom I never saw through the year, and thank them for those wonderful gifts. <sighs> Aunt Alice lived in Detroit. She visited us about once a year. She had no earthly idea what size my brother and I were, and every year we got clothing. And yeah, thank you for the very ugly sweater that I'll grow into by my 25th birthday. Yeah, it's really, you know. But we do, we, we get so much. Somebody asked me, what did you get for Christmas? And I said, fat. That's what I got. <laughs> Often our lives are simply no more than perhaps giving to other people things they don't want and they give things they don't want to us, and we end up with a lot more stuff than we had before. And, and it's difficult to really feel thankful in that sort of a situation. Because, you know, thank you for the pajamas. I've already got a drawer full of them, but, you know, now I've got another pair that I can wear. So to truly give thanks is not simply to list things we have. Oh, good, I've got that, and I've got that, and I've got that. It's not just feeling lucky. Aren't I lucky I don't live in Syria? Aren't I lucky I don't have some terrible disease right now? But rather, it's to open yourself to the continuing wonder of life. The things you don't expect. The things that happen along the way. The, the unexpected, let us call them for lack of a better word, coincidences that somehow change us and form us into new people. It's being constantly open to that sense of wonder that God is working in us and around us at all times. Yesterday, I was able to finally get that clock fixed that I had wanted to repair for a long time. Yesterday, Bill came over and helped me do that. Yesterday, I found out about that, and that will completely change my attitude toward... 
It's happening all the time. And when we begin to see this, this is where God is acting. Not in some theoretical way in some other universe, but now in our lives each day. We do not need to be people of fear or worry. People whose main concern in life is to expect that something is going to happen right now that we won't like. Well, something probably will happen today you don't like. I'll tell you that's going to In fact, I, I guarantee you it's going to happen. But the fact is that that God who has given you all those things in the past will continue to be there as well. You know, if you think that the new year is about avoiding all the problems that possibly could occur, it's not going to be like that. You're going to walk through a lot of problems in 2019. Just realize that right now. But as you walk through those problems, God will unexpectedly and marvelously be there. It's like swimming. You know swimming? Water. You look at it, and as a child, I didn't swim until I was older because it, it was terrifying. You know, I can't go in there. I'm going to sink. And that's what it looks like. And for 95% of the people, however, we can float. The water buoys you up. Once you learn, boy, I've got to float in here. I'm actually okay. Now it's just a matter of moving. Well, that's what life is like. It looks terrifying. I don't know what's going to happen. I'm not sure I can handle this. I don't see any solution here. God will boil, boil, boy you. That's the word I'm looking for. Up. Lift you up. Hold you. You'll swim. How many here watched Firefly? It was a science fiction show that was very short-lived but wonderful. All right, yes, all right, all right. All, it's funny, they're all the good-looking people. That's just wonderful. Um, it was a great science fiction show. There were no, uh, no space monsters, uh, no wonderful, big, unexpected things. It was about humanity in the future in a very hostile universe trying to get along. There's one pivotal scene in a show called Bushwhacked in which the... Very interesting captain, Mel Reynolds, has taken his crew through an absolutely horrendous day. There's been battle, there's been fights, there's been things happening, there's been explosions. It's just been probably one of the worst days of his life. And among the, the things that happened was he met this doctor, Simon Tan, who had a very strange and odd sister who seemed to have some sort of power he couldn't understand. And after everything calms down as the show comes to an end, uh, Simon comes up to Mel and says, you know, I don't really like you. I know you've rescued us, and I thank you, but really, I, I'm, I'm worried you're going to kill me. And Mel reassures him by saying, well, if I kill you, it won't be in your sleep. It'll be when you're standing in front of me, and I'll make sure you're armed. And uh, the doctor just looks at him and said, are you always this sentimental? <laughs> and Mel says, had a good day. Of course, the doctor couldn't understand that at all. And he said, you had the alliance on you, criminals and savages. Half the people on the ship have been shot or wounded, including yourself, and you're harboring known fugitives. And Mel said, ah, we're still flying. <laughs> and the doctor said, that's not much. And Mel replied, it's enough. There's the message for 2019. We're still flying. 
That's not much. It's enough. God gives us enough. Don't worry. Let's begin that new year with that phrase. We're still flying. Actually, that's better than water. If it's flying, the air is even more ephemeral. You know, the air won't hold us up. Yeah, but you get in a plane. By George, you can fly. And that's, that's what it's like to know God. That's when you go into something that doesn't seem to be able to have any hope in it at all. Yeah, I'm lifted up. I'm still flying. And this sense of gratitude for all that God does is what allows us to share ourselves. You see, as long as you're living in fear, as long as you're worrying about things, the basic message in your brain is you don't have enough, you don't know what you need, so just you know, keep it all inside, keep it all for you, live for yourself, just move away from everybody else and grab all you can and maybe, maybe, maybe somehow you'll get through. God's love says, I'm going to keep giving you what you need, so you don't need to worry about helping those you meet along the way. Sharing with them. Being with them. Loving them. Feeling their pain. I'm there with you. So there's where our, our generosity begins. We're in a sense God's recycling engines. Uh, God pours love into us and all we need to do is just recycle it out into the world and God keeps pouring it and we keep recycling it. And 2019, in that sense, will be good. That's what the realm of God is. That's where we live. Not the realm of fear, the realm of worry, the realm of gluttony, but the realm of God. And it brings us back to the Colossians passage. You know, all those things we're supposed to do, being loving and patient and kind and generous, all those things, they're not sort of an extra that we've got to find somewhere in life to help us to become that. We are that. that That's our nature. That, that's who we're meant to be. And once we learn that, that I can love the world. I can hold on to people. Remember that very important phrase there. Even through difficult times, maybe we disagree, we can hold on to each other because God buoys us up. God supports us. That's where we begin 2019. I can't promise you what this year will bring. It may be one of your better years. It may be a year in which you hit every possible roadblock along the way. But wherever you travel, wherever you find yourself, you're still flying. You're still with God. You're still within God's community. And for that, thanks be to God. And the whole people of God say, Amen. Hark, the herald angels sing. <laughs>